Hey, everybody, it's Gib Gerard. You're listening to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Today, we have a special guest, author Dr. Stephen Gundry. Dr. Gundry is a heart surgeon whose research led him to the science of nutrition, and his new book, The Plant Paradox, turns everything you think you know about diet and nutrition on its head, and it changed the way that we view the foods that up until recently we thought were healthy. Tell us, um, and I know it's not a, it's, it's not a simple sort of blurred, blurted out uh, headline, but we are, the three of us, fascinated with, with uh, the new book, The Plant Paradox, and the, and the subtitle is The Hidden Dangers in Healthy Foods That Cause Disease and Weight Gain. And one of the ways that Connie, I know, discovered you uh, was, was either online, Con, or on the, yeah, on the, on the I radio? Was, it's, it's interesting. I was looking for an answer to why I was having this reaction that I have had for years to beans and lentils. I actually ended up in a hospital for three days after having a reaction to lentils. And I was I was led to you and discovered lectins. And I have purchased my pressure cooker. And you'll have to explain why you told me to purchase a pressure cooker and um and and follow the lectin trail. Oh, great. So um, I think the best way to explain this uh, to um, to people is plants were here first. They had it really great before animals arrived because nobody wanted to eat them. And as strange as it may seem, plants do not want to be eaten. They, they have a life. And they absolutely don't want their babies eaten, their seeds. Now, when animals arrived, uh, plants had a problem because they couldn't run, they couldn't hide, or they couldn't fight. But plants have an amazing ability as chemists. So they use chemical warfare to make their predators either ill or not thrive or not feel good. And a smart predator says, you know, every time I eat these plant babies, I wind up in the hospital for three days. <laughs> and I, I think I won't eat these plant babies anymore, and I'll go eat something else. The plant wins, the animal wins, everybody's happy. And then humans arrive. Uh, humans, as most of us know, are actually pretty stupid. And so when we, when, when we eat these things that, for instance, cause heartburn or cause migraines or cause arthritis. Or gas. All, or gas mm -hmm. or bloating. We uh, chalk it up to indigestion or, you know, we take a couple uh, over-the-counter prescription medications and keep eating them, not realizing that the plant is actually trying to get our attention. So these chemical compounds, there's a number of them, but one of the most fascinating ones are these proteins that are called lectins. And I'm not saying lecithin, and I'm not saying leptin, but I'm saying lectin, L-E-C-T-I-N. So these are the plant defense system. And the more uh, I've learned about them and the more I appreciate them, the more I avoid them. So beans and legumes and lentils have the highest lectin content of any single food group. In fact, the Center for Disease Control says that 20 to 30 percent 
of all food poisoning cases in the United States are caused by the lectins in undercooked beans. That, that's a huge amount. In fact, I, I, I know to I know to cook my chicken properly, but I never would think about undercooking my beans would lead to food poisoning. Yeah, well, you know, cultures have had ways of dealing with lectins, and one of the things I do in my research is study how cultures have figured out how to modify the the lectin of, you know, onslaught. And soaking is a traditional way of reducing lectins, and it does help, but it absolutely doesn't rid them completely. Cooking will decrease the amount of lectins, uh, but it's been shown that uh, cooking, for instance, does not break the lectin, which is gluten. And we'll probably talk about gluten, but gluten is absolutely a lectin. It is interesting is that there are far worse glutens in wheat than, I mean, far worse lectins in wheat than gluten. Uh, gluten is kind of an accomplice to what's actually going on in people's guts. And in the plant paradox, we talk about how, uh, unfortunately, people with celiac disease, which is an extreme form of gluten intolerance, if they go on a gluten-free diet, 70% of them two years later still have celiac disease by intestinal biopsy, which is the gold standard. And that's because they've unfortunately been eating gluten-free foods that are paradoxically full of other lectins, which are actually worse than gluten. It's interesting that you mentioned that um, not too many people know about this because after three days in the hospital, the doctors could not tell me if I had food poisoning or if I had a, a different kind of bug. And we tried to explain it away with it being the cheese mm. because I was the only one, I was the only one who ate the soup that I had made that added the cheese. But I've eaten that cheese and everyone ate that cheese afterwards. So I, once I discovered, you know, your study and your, on lectins, I am sure that that's what I was going through. Yet I do not, I'm not aware that I have a sensitivity to gluten. No, and gluten, again, is just one of many lectins. Uh, and one of the interesting things is that we actually normally have bacteria in our gut that enjoy eating gluten and they thrive on the gluten protein. But our people who go on a gluten-free diet, those bacteria have nothing to eat, and so they leave. And then paradoxically, when you eat gluten again, even if you weren't particularly gluten-sensitive because you had gluten bacteria, eating bacteria, they're gone, and so I see a lot of people who, uh, unfortunately, uh, because their gluten-eating bacteria are gone, then uh, really react to gluten when they reintroduce it. Oh, wow. mm. So, the, so the the plant paradox again. Back to the back to the the title. Um, what are what else is paradoxical about? And we've talked about beans. We talked about lectins. What are some of the other primary uh, paradoxes that you that you have in the book? So the easiest way to think about this, and we go through this uh, fairly extensively in the book, 
we have basically a, a list of foods that uh, you should just say no to mm-hmm. and a list of foods that you should just say yes to. And the, the, the no, no list comes about because what I did all my evolutionary research uh, at Yale University is that no human being uh, ever encountered a grain or a bean until 10,000 years ago at the beginning of agriculture. So we're completely ill-equipped to uh, understand from our immune system the lectins in grains and beans. They're foreign substances that we were never exposed to. as, in contrast to that, for instance, we've, we come from a long line of tree-dwelling animals. So we're basically a tree shrew. So if you get in an argument with your spouse and call them a rat, it's actually probably a compliment. <laughs> uh, so we've been eating leaves for um, millions and millions and millions of years or however long you want to think we've been here. And we've adapted to those lectins and those leaves, and our gut bacteria have adapted to those lectins. But we have never uh, eaten grasses, and we've never eaten beans up until 10,000 years ago. And the lectins in these compounds are novel and new to our immune system. And we treat them as a foreign uh, object. And we react to them whether we know it or not. And we can measure these reactions in everyone's uh, blood tests that we do. So they're the the main culprits. Now, the other thing that's fascinating to me is that all of us in North America are not from North America. We're from Europe, Asia, or Africa. That means none of our ancestors were ever exposed to a North or South American plant until 500 years ago when Columbus started trade. Now, one of my and other people's arguments is that getting to know a new lectin in 500 years is speed dating in evolution. And I don't think it can be done. And it's fascinating to me that half the foods that we think are healthy for us are in fact American plants that we have no business eating. So to run through those, um, there are actually two American beans beside all the other American beans that most people don't know are beans. One are peanuts, and the others are cashews. We also react to the American seeds, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, and chia seeds. In fact, there are studies that we cite in the book of chia seeds producing inflammation in human volunteers. Then there's the nightshade family, potatoes, eggplant, tomatoes, and peppers, and goji berries. Goji berries are not from China. They're actually an American plant that were taken to China and trade, and they grew really well. But goji berries are a nightshade. Uh, the Italians refused to eat tomatoes for 200 years after Columbus brought them back because they knew how deadly they were. And to this day, the Italians always peel and deseed their tomatoes before they eat them uh, to uh, eliminate the lectins. The, the lectins are in the peels and seeds. My 
grandmother was French, and she taught my mother to always peel and de-seed tomatoes before she sliced them and served them. And it wasn't until I went to Yale that I ever had a tomato that had a peel and seeds in it, and I thought it was the weirdest thing I'd ever tasted. Did you have a reaction? Well, looking back, I spent my entire four years at Yale kind of in the infirmary with, with chronic sinusitis and tonsillitis and never actually made the connection that I had changed one of the key components in my diet. Uh, I learned about it years, years later. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you a funny story about American lectins. Uh, there are two grains that are from America, corn and quinoa. Uh, interestingly, the French banned corn as unfit for human consumption in 1900 after it was shown that northern Italians were getting mental retardation from corn becoming their staple. And the, wow. and the Incas had three detoxification processes to get the lectins out of quinoa. They soaked it for 48 hours, and then they fermented it. They let it rot. And then they cooked it, and it's not on the package directions. <laughs> a, a very poignant story that's in the book. Um, actually, recently, a, a 40-year-old woman from L.A. who's moved to L.A. from Lima, Peru, about a year ago, uh, continued to eat her traditional diet, which contained uh, a lot of quinoa. And she developed really severe uh, IBS uh, and fatigue and headaches and a friend told her to come and see me and we're going down the list of foods to avoid and I happened upon quinoa and I started telling her about what the Incas did to quinoa and her eyes lit up and almost in shock and she said oh my gosh my mother and I said well what about your mother and she said well my mother always used a pressure cooker for quinoa and she told me you could not eat quinoa without pressure cooking at first. And I thought it was just an old wives' tale. And so when I came to America, I ate quinoa without pressure cooking. And my mother flew up here two weeks ago and bought me a pressure cooker and said, you stupid girl. And you have to use a pressure cooker. And now you're basically telling me the same thing. And I said, yeah, you know, your mom was right. So I said, call me back in six weeks and let me know how you're doing. And she did. And mom was right. Uh, the pressure cooker solved her problem and all of her issues went away. Please explain to us how the pressure cooker works to solve the problems. And if we use the pressure cooker, can we keep the seeds and skin on the tomatoes? Yes, you can. So a pressure cooker okay. will, will break the lectin protein in all foods except it will not break gluten. And there's been some very good studies that show even an hour of pressure cooking won't break uh, the gluten in wheat, oats, rye, and barley. Uh, and don't be deceived by the term gluten-free oats. There is no such thing. There is another lectin in oats that is virtually identical to gluten that acts exactly the same way. And just remember that, just as an aside, the only purpose for oats is to fatten horses for winter. 
And uh, one of my daughters is a horse, horsewoman who confirms this every winter. Uh, oats are not a human health food. For, for, those, for those people who are listening, going, oh my gosh, I'm not going to go out and get a pressure cooker. That sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm going to blow up my house. Um, I, I, uh, Connie <laughs> got one. And, uh, and within, gosh, how, 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 first of all, you made me lentil soup yesterday. And how long was it in the pressure cooker? Six minutes. Six minutes. Which That's is, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is great. And how long did it take to figure out how to use the, the pressure cooker? Not Six that. hours. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> no. but it's, uh, uh, so, so getting back to tomatoes. Well, I was afraid of the pressure cooker well, because yeah, I had memories yeah, of well, my mom's well, old-fashioned yeah, pressure yeah, cookers where she would have the yeah. top just resting on the, uh, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it's and in, then it would explode. It's in every cartoon. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in fact, I have a chapter in the book. This is not your mother's pressure cooker. Right. Right. And right, right, the right. modern pressure cooker is as easy to use as a rice cooker. It's one touch and it's so, you know, it's so easy to do. There's several good ones out there. And I, you know, profile several of them in the book. And it's an incredible time-saving device, and it'll allow you to have some of your favorite foods without uh, causing amazing harm to the inside of your body. What, ab- what about uh, tomato sauce that we have at the restaurants? Is that okay Great since question. it's cooked? So I, yeah, I get my tomato sauces directly from Italy because by law in Italy, you have to peel and de-seed tomatoes before you're allowed to make sauces. Wow. I'm Italian, and I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no, I had no knowledge of that. I, I mean, the the crazy thing to me is how many of these foods, as you talk about the paradox of it, how many of these foods I think of as health foods. Like I, yeah. I eat quinoa, and I think I'm doing something good for my body. I put hot sauce on everything well, because now, we talk about how good capsaicin is for you. Yeah, so hot sauce is fermented, and so the fermentation breaks down the lectins. Oh, but let me give you an example. The Southwest American Indians always char their peppers, peel them, and de-seed them before they eat them or grind them into chili powder. In fact, you will never open up a can of green chilies and see peels and seeds because they've been removed. In fact, you know, the chili pepper flakes are the flakes, the peel, and the seeds that traditional cultures have removed before they use the meat of the pepper. And, and when you study cultures, you start saying, son of a gun, you know, why are they just taking the peels and seeds? How did that come about? And they were actually throwing them away originally wow, wow. because they knew that that was the harmful part. And so some enterprising pizzeria <laughs> owner said, I'm going to put that on my pizza. And that's how we got them. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, got so, so hey, look at these things playing around. So we went through the nose, which included, uh, not but not limited to peanuts and cashews and sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and chia, and then the the nightshades like potato, eggplant, tomatoes, and and, and, and don't forget the squash. And don't forget the squash family. Oh, oh, squash no. family. Okay, really? All right. All right. Let's talk about the yeses now. Let's talk about what what plants we should be putting in our body. Wait, wait a minute. The squash family is in the nose. Yeah, the squash family are American plants. And people don't realize that these are modest lectin-containing oh, no. foods. That's right. Yeah, don't put them in your nose either. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, how do I get it in my nose? It's, in your, it's in your no list. Because I've just been doing everything you tell me to do, Dr. Gundry. So I was, I was, they, were, they were on their way into my nose. <laughs> Seems weird, but he's the doctor. And now, yeah. just to go back to the pressure cooker, the, the, the intense heat and pressure is what breaks down the lectins? Correct. Yeah, it degrades okay. the lectin. It's a protein, 
and the protein gets degraded. And once, so th- these proteins are fascinating because they're, they're designed by the plant to do some amazing things. They're designed to basically act like incoming guided missile attacks on the lining of your intestines. And they actually uh, cause the individual intestinal cells to uh, have gaps that not only lectins get through, but bacterial particles follow them right through these gaps. So if, if we think of our intestinal wall as like a border wall, and we have Timely. Uh, illegal aliens that are lectins that are trying to break through the wall. And if we think of our immune system as our border patrol, lectins uh, basically are identified as foreign as they come through the wall. And our border patrol basically turns on air raid sirens to alert our forces that the illegal aliens have escaped. And what our immune system does is they call Donald Trump and, you know, we're going to build a a 20 foot wall, beautiful wall. And, you know, I think we should make the lectins pay for it, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that is that create an inflammatory response when you're all of a sudden your immune system goes. Yeah. Since Border Patrol agents. And, And what I tell people is that inflammation from lectins, if there's a war going on in your body, what do we do in a, in a war? Well, we do two things. We uh, mobilize. Fight back. <laughs> yeah, we fight back. We mobilize the troops. And we, secondly, we ration food and supplies for the troops. And we do that by actually storing fat in the areas where the war is occurring. Now, this is going to amaze people when they start reading about this because everybody wants to know why we put fat in our gut. Well, our gut is where the war happens. So if I see a man or a woman with a gut or some love handles, that tells me right away that there's a war going on and they're doing a great job for the war effort by storing fat exactly in the places where the war is happening. Mm. That's incredible. And just as in a, just as a, as a heart surgeon aside, for years we've known that people who have a lot of fat overlying the arteries in their heart uh, have predictably far more heart disease, hardening of the arteries than people who don't have fat around the area. And as a heart surgeon, I can tell you that that fat is there because there's a war going on at the surface of the blood vessel. And that was one of the premises of my research through the years of why is there a war going on? And believe it or not, there's two really good ways to produce heart disease in animals. And one is peanuts. Wow. And the other and this is the shocker, is wheat germ. Two best ways to produce heart disease in animals is peanuts and wheat germ because these are two of the most potent lectins that get into our bloodstream 
and actually cause an attack on the surface of our blood vessels. In a minute, we're going to hear more from Dr. Gundry about inflammation and what foods cause it, what foods you should avoid, the surprising health foods that are actually bad for you. We're also going to learn about the ketogenic diet. If you've never heard of the ketogenic diet, you're going to want to hear all about that. But first, our podcast today is brought to you by Matrix Fitness the 2017 fitness brand of the year. So what makes it the 2017 fitness brand of the year? Well, for starters, with Matrix Home Fitness Equipment's built-in Sprint 8 high-intensity interval training app, yes, that's right, they have their own built-in high-intensity interval training app. It only takes 20 minutes, and who doesn't have 20 minutes? 20 minutes a day to torch calories and build muscle. It's got best-in-class console technology so you can run, bike, or walk through destinations like the Northern Rockies via the HD footage display. Now, I personally love to run outside. I do not like to run on a treadmill, but with this HD footage display, I am able to feel like I am running through the Rockies, feel like I'm running on a beach somewhere in Northern California. And it's got, it's got an unmatched selection of, of apps that include Netflix, Hulu. You can watch television and you can, it's got a, you can actually listen to this podcast with their built-in Bluetooth feature. So you can actually feed the podcast into it. It is unbelievably amazing. So if you want to get some of this at-home fitness technology, I know I need a, a treadmill in the house. I need an elliptical machine in the house. And that's why Matrix is the brand that I go to. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to johnsonfit.com slash matrix. You're going to look at the lineup of all of the possible things you can take home, all the treadmills, the bikes, the elliptical machines. If you buy today, you can get $400 off on treadmills, on those bikes, on those lifting machines plus free shipping 100% satisfaction guarantee so just go to johnsonfit.com slash matrix today i personally take a lot of supplements i take a lot of vitamins but i get all of my information about vitamins from doing this show and from john and there's a whole bunch of things that i've never ever heard of and that's why i went to care of vitamins i went to take care of.com uh, they have a whole quiz that I went through that talks about all of my lifestyle choices, all of the things that I would like to work on with my health and nutrition, and they put together a personalized vitamin pack just for me. It came in the mail. It looks absolutely beautiful. My wife doesn't complain about additional vitamin bottles in my house, so uh, it's a win-win. Uh, if you would like this amazing, tailored, uh, I would call it bespoke experience, you can go to TakeCareOf.com now. You can get that personalized vitamin recommendation. And our listeners to Intelligence for Your Life can get 50% off their first order if they just use the code TESH. So go to TakeCareOf.com, use the offer code TESH, and you get 50% off of an amazing array of customized nutritional supplements. I happen to absolutely love them. So basically, what we're talking about is that there, there are uh, in this the plant paradox book. There, there are plants, seeds, and nuts, etc., that cause inflammation in our body, and it's that inflammation that is affecting our major organs in our body to to the detriment. Well, the inflammation correct. is what starts the war, correct? Right. right. Exactly. Okay. Now, what I mentioned. I mentioned about the lectins, but you have to know, my family will not be around me if I eat peanuts. They keep the peanuts away from me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a gas-related thing. She, so in this warfare, she uses mustard gas, and we all suffer the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I do not eat peanuts. But, well, uh, remember, but yes, what, what can I eat? Okay. It's a bean. Yeah. So eat the things you were actually designed to eat. Now, one of my sayings that has become fairly legendary is that the only purpose of food is to get olive oil into my mouth. 
Right, and you just and, posted that on your on your Facebook page too, so you feel very yeah, strongly about this. I I really do, and we could spend an hour just talking about the health benefits of olive oil. But one of the things that recently came to light is there's a an infamous infamous nutritionist by the name of Ansel Keys, who many many people have heard about from the Seven Countries study. Uh, Ansel Keys was a professor of nutrition at the University of Minnesota, and he is actually responsible for the K ration of World War II that kept the troops alive. And he became so famous that Dwight Eisenhower, after his heart attack, sent Ansel Keys out to figure out why Dwight Eisenhower had a heart attack. And so Ansel Keys studied cultures that had a lot of heart disease and the cultures that didn't have heart disease. And he published what's now known as the seven country study. And he basically said saturated fat is what causes heart disease. And people who don't eat saturated fat don't get heart disease. And people who eat saturated fat get heart disease. And it became official government policy, and it actually started the low-fat craze, which actually ended up us eating more lectin-containing plants and causing more heart disease. But getting back to Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys studied the diets of the Southern Italians and the Cretes, and Ansel Keys, when he retired, moved to a tiny village in southern Italy for the rest of his life. He died at the age of 96 of natural causes. And the reason he moved to that little village, which is called Acciaroli, is that 30% of all the people who live in that village are over 100 years of age. Wow. And these people use at least a liter of olive oil per week. And I think it's fascinating that Ansel Keys could have retired anywhere and where he wanted to, but he chose this village and he lived that lifestyle of these guys eat anchovies. They have huge amounts of rosemary. They have huge amounts of olive oil. And quite frankly, they drink quite a bit of wine from their local vineyards. And if people had known that Ansel Keys was not anti-oil or anti-fat, he was anti-saturated fat, I think there would have been a huge outcome, a big difference if people had realized that he thought olive oil was incredibly important, but it got lost in the noise of saturated fat. Mm. Now we're hearing that that, um, diets, the ketogenic diet, for example, uh, which is rich, I believe, in saturated fat is 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 good for your uh, your cardiovascular system and 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 for staving off dementia. Is that is that correct? Well, so the key of a of a ketogenic diet is you can get two ways of making ketones, and the energy cycle that we make energy from. Uh, there's little little organelles in all of our cells that are called mitochondria. And in my book, I call them the mighty mitochondria. And I actually allude them to Mighty Mouse because I'm a child of the 60s. And Mighty Mouse came to save the day. And Mighty Mouse, mitochondria, 
produce energy by either burning sugar for a fuel or by burning a special form of fat that's called ketones. Now, interestingly, they can do either way, and they can shift back and forth between burning sugar for fuel and burning fat for fuel. It's kind of like a hybrid car where at one point you can use your gasoline engine, but if you're running low on gas, you switch over to electric power. So you can burn glucose as a fuel, but you can also actually more efficiently burn ketones. So the principle of a ketogenic diet is to make you burn your own fat as a fuel. Now, we used to do that all the time. In the winter, there wasn't much to eat. And we would burn our own fat that we'd stored from eating a lot of fruit in the summer. uh, And we'd use up the fat during the winter. So we'd burn ketones. Now, let me give you my favorite example. Uh, A mama bear enters the den pregnant with her cubs in her womb. She doesn't eat for five months. She gestates her cubs. She gives birth to her cubs. She suckles her cubs. And then she emerges from her den five months later with all of her muscle intact. But she didn't eat. Now, if she had used her muscle, her protein as fuel, she wouldn't have any muscle and she couldn't hunt. So instead, she strictly burns her fat for fuel. And the amazing thing is, she doesn't urinate for five months. And people usually hold their groin at at that point. I just did. Yeah, so why doesn't she urinate? Well, it turns out that kidneys have two reasons to exist. They filter out the harmful byproducts of protein metabolism, And protein is dirty fuel. It's kind of like diesel. And we need a catalytic converter like a a kidney to clean it up. On the other hand, fat, ketones, are clean burning fuel. They're natural gas. There's no discharge. And the other thing is she's not eating, so she's not drinking any water. And that's the other reason that kidneys have to exist is to get rid of water. So if you're not drinking and you're not burning protein and strictly burning fat, The kidneys have absolutely positively nothing to do. And in the plant paradox, I show a lot of patients who we've kept off of dialysis or removed from dialysis by drastically reducing their protein and completely eliminate fruit and seeded vegetables, which are sources of sugar. And so they are basically a hibernating bear and their kidneys recover because they have nothing to do. And I even kept my old Yorkie alive for three more years after she was sent home from the vet with uh, end-stage kidney failure by putting her on the raw pancetta diet. And uh, she came uh, out of kidney failure and continued to run with uh, with our pack of dogs uh, until uh, she died at a nice ripe old age. Isn't that bacon? Uh, yeah, it's uh, raw bacon. <laughs> I, I mean, she's, she's a carnivore, you know, you know, that's what she's supposed to eat. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I don't hear yeah. anybody talking about when they talk about the ketogenic diet is what that does to your breath. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm not hearing this. 
But when I have ketones from not eating, from fasting, it it's I'm not pleasant to be close to. Yeah, but in the initial phase of you know, ketogenesis, you make a lot of acetone, which is the smelly, sweet-smelling breath that you know, is weird. But later on in the process of ketosis, that goes away, and you start running on butyrate, isobutyrate, and that has no foul smell. But I can tell you that most people on a ketogenic diet make the mistake of thinking that protein, high protein, promotes ketosis. And this was the mistake that Adkins made. And Random House bought my first book, Dr. Gundry's Diet Evolution, because I had realized the mistake that Adkins had made that protein is actually converted into sugar. It's a process called gluconeogenesis. And so most of the protein we eat is not stored as protein, but converted into sugar because we have a storage system for sugar. It's called fat. And this is actually why Adkins died a fat man. And most of the people that I see on the paleo diet who are trying to get into ketosis, in fact, on our blood tests, never get into ketosis until we dramatically drop their animal protein. So when you, uh, the diet evolution, and I've read it one and a half times at this point, uh, there was some amazing uh, intelligence in their research that really went against what, what conventional wisdom is, certainly in, in, in North America. And you've saved many, many lives. And I think it's, I think it's also fitting that, you know, for a lot of your life, you, you uh, looked inside people's um, uh, thoracic cavity and, uh, and a lot of those were, were kids. So you have a, you, you have a real, you had a real opportunity to see what was going on inside people's bodies. But when you go, it's still, it's still a business to get a book out, right? So when you go to this publisher and say, Hey, listen, I have a great idea for a book. It's the plant paradox. Uh, what was their, what was their first reaction and how did you sell that to them? Did you sell it basically on the fact that, well, people love diet evolution. This is the next step. Yeah. Uh, what I did was we made some compromises in diet evolution. Um, uh, I think some good compromises. I, I basically brought them the initial book, the, the no list of foods. And my, my dear editor said, uh, okay, now you're going to rewrite uh, this book because you are one mean, cruel bastard. And nobody's... Huh, nobody, that's what I was thinking when you gave me the no list. Yeah, and nobody's going to do this. Uh, I said, well, I don't care because this is what causes all disease. She says, you got to throw me some bones here. So there, we threw some bones, and but the, the general principles are correct. After that book came out, I was inundated with uh, people with autoimmune diseases from all over the world and who wanted, who wanted to play. And I said, okay, well, if you really want to play, here's the meaner, nastier version of diet evolution. And as we started using very sophisticated blood tests looking for autoimmune inflammatory responses, it was very clear that when we removed these foods from the no list, that all these inflammation markers went away and all of their autoimmune diseases resolved. They were taken off of all of their immune suppressive drugs. So when I had all this data, I went back to publishers and, and HarperCollins said, 
you know, this is compelling. You've done 17 years of research. You published your research. This is, you know, this is earth shattering, groundbreaking territory. And we want to be the first to put this out. So I said, wow, let's do this. (laughs) And they were true to their word. Wow. So what are you eating? uh, I think people would love to know. Yeah, what do you uh, eat on what, a given day? What, What's eat, the ratio? Are you eating rosemary, anchovies, and olive oil every day? Uh, I'm actually consuming a huge number of rosemary capsules, a bunch of fish oil with high DHA. In fact, on Gundry MD, very soon we'll have my own DHA rosemary capsule to duplicate the diet of the Archirolides. Uh But uh, that's a shameless plug, but it, it, there it is anyhow. It's, it, you know what? You, you you deserve it as many lives as you've saved in many yeah. on many different fronts. But now, are are you afraid of encouraging people to to eat too many anchovies so they get too much protein? Yes. Uh, again, you really only need about twenty grams of protein, uh, animal protein per day, uh, and that's not much. So, for instance, a can, small can of tuna is twenty grams. Two and a half eggs are 20 grams. Um, Three medium shrimp is 20 grams. A deck of cards size piece of salmon is 20 grams. One protein bar is 20 grams. That's all you need in 24 hours. Now you got on the uh, on the other end of this uh, of this uh, interview, you've got two guys who are are uh, quote unquote bodybuilders. And, and concerned that we're not going to be able to keep the muscle on our bodies if we're just eating a little bit of anchovies every day. Is it possible? Uh, so what I want you to do is I want you to go down to the uh, L.A. Zoo or the San Diego Zoo and <laughs> look in the gorilla cages. And a, gor- a gorilla eats 16 pounds of leaves every day. And that gorilla has more muscle than you will ever dream of uh, pumping your protein shake. <laughs> and good point. if, if good that point. doesn't work, we'll take you out to the pasture and check out a horse who only eats grass or hay, and he has more muscle than you will ever achieve by plowing down those protein shakes. So most of the largest animals on Earth get all of their protein by eating leaves. And there are some fantastic vegan athletes that uh, compete in triathlete and strength competition. And we have several NFL players who are strictly vegan. Now, that's not to say go eat a vegan diet, because in the United States, vegans seem to think that they're supposed to eat a pasta and grain-itarian diet. (laughs) And that's the farthest from what a vegan eats. A vegan should be eating vegetables, leaves. Uh, And that's a big mistake that I see in vegans. I I take care of a lot of vegans and vegetarians. I was a professor at Loma Linda University for many years, which is a vegetarian institution. Uh, And I can tell you that the mischief of a vegan diet is in the lectins. And when we get lectins away from vegans, 
they do great. And this is bringing us full a full circle because the reason I even know who you are and and I and I should have uh, years ago as much as I love uh, reading about nutrition is that uh, Connie discovered your uh, your email and uh, we want to make sure that your your email newsletter we want to make sure that people how do how do people sign up for that do they sign up for that on your on your site That's how I did it. Yeah, so you go to gundrymd.com. Right. And the first thing you'll see is sign up for my free email. Right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, I will appear on your doorstep daily, and you can you can choose to read me or not. And, and how does one how does one become a patient of Dr. Gundry? Well, right now it's impossible. Um, we mm-hmm. when we got to a six month waiting list, um, we've at the moment uh, stopped uh, taking new patients. I still. Uh, take a few concierge patients who uh, pay me a yearly fee, but we've uh, even tried to increase that, but it hasn't uh, hasn't stopped people. Uh, having said that, the information in the plant paradox, if you if you actually follow that, it's a prescription for health that uh, will change anybody's life. I, I just uh, I get. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Everything I've learned, I've either learned from my patients or because of my patients asking me a question. And, you know, when I get to see somebody who's in a wheelchair with MS and six months later they walk in to see me, I can't tell you how exciting it is for somebody with three vessel disease who was awaiting surgery, who, uh, said, I'm too scared. Isn't there another way? And I told her, yeah, you know, here's my book. I just saw her this week. She's three and a half years out of the day we canceled her surgery and she lifts manure for her horses and um, she has no chest pain. She has no heart disease anymore and all because she made a few changes in her life. That's incredible. No, it's, it's, it, every day I get to wake up and see miracles. In fact, I, I got to tell you a great story. Years ago when we started this, um, there was a wonderful company called Berkeley Heart Labs, which doesn't exist anymore, but they, they sent a nutritionist um, to my office uh, to study with me in my office for a year. And after a couple of days, she went into my nursing staff. She said, you know, I, I can't be here. I, I can't listen to, you know, what, what's going on here because this is so counter everything I've been taught, you know, this is, you know, this is malpractice. And my nurses said, look, you know, just stay a couple of weeks, just listen, just listen to the patients, look at the lab work. And uh, she quieted down. And uh, the first year she, she sent me a Christmas card. She said, thank you for letting me witness miracles every day. And she's become a lifelong friend now. But most of what I was taught, most of what nutrition is taught, has nothing to do with Hippocrates' teachings. And Hippocrates was was the first person to say, you know, let food be thy medicine. Hippocrates firmly believed that all disease begins and ends in the gut. And Hippocrates felt that a physician should be the person who listens to the patient and finds out the obstacles that are keeping the patient from healing himself. 
he described this thing called the green life force energy and that this energy was being suppressed by external obstacles. And the job of a physician was to be a detective and to remove the obstacles that was keeping the patient's own green life force energy from thriving. And what's been fascinating to me is that for many, many, many people, lectins are those obstacles that are preventing the patient from healing themselves. So all I do is follow Hippocrates' guidelines, is to teach the patient what those obstacles are, remove them, and then the patient does the rest of the work. And that's what's so miraculous. Well, yeah, I mean, our bodies are designed with a built-in homeostasis, yep, a built-in exactly. process for removing disease from our body. Yep. Let me ask you a question, though. You say on the yes list, think of things historically. Think of things from an evolutionary perspective, but aren't we evolved as omnivores? Shouldn't meat be a bigger part of the diet? And if and and the ratio you've given us so far, what is the ratio of food? Where am I getting the fat from if not from uh, from meat? So how much meat? How much fat? Why can't I have more meat? And how much how much plant based carbohydrates? So I think you should have eighty uh, percent of your calories should come from fat. Uh, my personal preference is it should be olive oil and avocados and nuts. And macadamias are the highest fat-containing nut. So that's where I acquire my fats. I also get it from perilla oil, and you'll read all about perilla oil in the book. Uh, I think it's one of the most miraculous oils I've ever seen. It's the oil of Korea. In a lot of China, it comes from a perilla a seed, which kind of looks like a coleus plant. And so that's where I get my fats from. I eat a ton of leaves, and the purpose of the leaves, in my opinion, is to get olive oil and avocado into my mouth. Uh, like I said in Diet Evolution, I do think a small amount of animal protein is useful. And that's based on the fact that there really aren't any vegan uh, herbivores because herbivores eat small amounts of insects every time they eat leaves. And there's been some very cool experiments done at the National Zoo in depriving uh, fructivore monkeys of uh, rotten fruit. Uh, and giving them store-bought fruit, and they don't thrive. And one of the zookeepers said, huh, in the jungle they'd be eating worms and insects on the fruit, so let's give them a little animal protein, and they started thriving. But, That's amazing. So I think a little bit of animal protein is goes a long way. So I should I get cricket flour? Wild, yeah, cricket flour is great. It is. <laughs> you got a yes on that. I tend to eat shellfish, um, wild shellfish. Uh, I will eat a little bit of fish. I try to stay away from beef, lamb, and pork. And in the plant paradox, you'll see, uh, I think I'll shock you, that there is a sugar molecule in beef, pork, and lamb that's not present in fowl and fish that actively causes not only heart disease, but cancer. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and it pains me terribly to tell people not to eat beef or lamb or pork. 
but I can tell you, I really steer clear of this stuff now. And it's not be kind to animal week. It's be kind to me week. Mm. So, and chicken, uh, where does chicken? So here's the deal with chicken. Don't eat chicken <laughs> unless it is pastured. Now, that does not mean free range. People will be shocked to realize that the federal government has a law that says you can keep a chicken in a warehouse, never let it outside during its entire life, feed it corn and soybeans, and if you open a door to the outside for and they can five see it. minutes and every yeah. 24 hours and they can see it, that is the definition of free range. Free range. So it has nothing to do with reality. In fact, all cows eat grass during some part of their life. So technically and legally, you can label grass-fed meat grass-fed, even though it ate grass for a day and spent the rest of its life in a feedlot. So it is buyer beware, and I go into this a lot in the Plant Paradox program. By the way, that's how I learned uh, the spaces on musical staffs was all cows eat grass. I thought uh, you might like to know that. Uh, anyway, we, we want to encourage people to um, – right now, you need to pre-order because it it's out in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. But uh, pre-order the, the Plant Paradox. And it's not just us jumping up and down about how great this is. There's, there's some amazing uh, testimonies. From, uh, from your friend, Dr. Mehmet Oz, who says, you know, the book elegantly explains how plants defend themselves uh, and how eating the wrong ones at the wrong times immeasurably hurts our health. It's an eye-opening read. And even, uh, even our buddy, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, says that he, you know, once in a generation, a book comes along that changes everything the way we think about, uh, about food and our health. So we are very excited about Plant Paradox. And it's, um, it's just a, a, a great way to heal thyself. Um, and Dr. Gundry, we, we truly appreciate you uh, being with us. And I just want to take this opportunity to one more time say thank you again, Dr. Gundry. Now, if you want to learn more about his book, The Plant Paradox, you can go to drgundry.com. That's drgundry.com. Or if you want to order some of the supplements he talked about today, you can go to gundrymd.com. That's gundrymd.com. That's it for our show today. I want to give a big thanks to Matrix Fitness for sponsoring our show. Matrix Fitness, of course, has premium treadmills, ellipticals, exercise bikes. They give you gym quality in your home, okay? It's an exercise experience that is unmatched in anybody's house. So check out their full lineup of equipment and save up to $400 and get free shipping on the 2017 brand of the year by heading to johnsonfit.com matrix. That's johnsonfit.com matrix. Thanks for listening.